Ladies and gentlemen, you are going to experience the fastest thrilling ride that is AE30 covering this last week of All Elite Wrestling, BTE, AW Dark, within 30 minutes. I am your co-host, JR. With me, as always, is MJ. What's going on, MJ? Dude, that was the most awesome intro I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. That just pumped me up a little bit, though. Man, you, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta just feel it and just take it on, and that's how it is right here. We got 30 minutes to cover. Uh, we had being the elite and AW Dark, which was kind of a slow, but there was a lot of stuff to cover in AW Dynamite. So I have our topics. I need to get the, the on. As we know, we go five minutes on BTE, five minutes on AEW Dark, 10 minutes on AEW Dynamite, and 5 minutes to cover the future episode of AEW Dynamite. Let's get this timer on. Alright. Yeet. So, starting with being the Elite, the two things that come to mind is the continued storyline of the Elite falling apart. As we saw throughout this week's episode of 221, is Adam Page trying to get along with Young Bucks. They want nothing to do with him. He's still trying to meet with Brandon Cutler to try to let them know he's sorry. What is your thoughts as we continue seeing this? Because this will eventually lead to something we see on AEW Dynamite. Well, I I really didn't expect Hangman to be in this position or to even play this position because I expected him to drink more. But I guess they're not going that route, which I'm very happy about because, you know, they know when to, they obviously know when to stop overusing a gimmick because <laughs> it, it was all because I just noticed that when FTR came, the drinking kind of dwindled down and it was more of Hangman's now seeing what the fuck's happening. <laughs> so I love that they keep on doing this on BT and converting it to Dynamite, which I've kind of babbled about the past few weeks, but. I like it. As we move on, one of the biggest storylines, in my opinion, from this week's episode of Being the Elite was kind of a flashback to before All Out, Michael Nakazawa goes to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega asking what's the number for casino, the Casino Battle Royale. They say he's not in it. They only have a Joker left. And they're like, no, you can't have the Joker. That's already set aside for Matt Seidel. Michael Nakazawa gets upset, uses his baby oil, puts it on the turnbuckle, as we see on AW All Out. Matt Seidel makes his debut, goes up to the top rope to do a shooting star splash on top of Will Hobbs. And as soon as he goes for a leap, he slips and falls backwards on his uh, back. And then we fast track to. The present time, I could now because I was telling Young Bucks and Kenny, did you like what you see? They get pissed off at him, throw him out. Uh, this was kind of interesting because going actually into uh, next Tuesday after the NBA uh, conference finals on TNT, we're going to see a special late night dynamite, and Matt Seidel is going to take off Sean Spears. But one of the things that Matt Seidel said that he was going to relook at finding a finisher. But they basically explained why Matt Seidel fell. And shooting, shooting star, the shooting star press was because of Michael Nakazawa. What did you think of them putting this in 
to kind of explain what happened to Matt Seidel. Okay, at first, I was kind of worried. I, I kind of thought I kind of thought it didn't work because it was his debut, so there really wasn't to me there was no substance. I feel like if they would have thought on the fly and had Michael come out there and like look out after it happened, I feel like that would be way better to go off a of BT. But yet again, it's actually creative. You know, it's actually an original idea. They're like, how can we use someone? And they found out how to use them. So, well, and one of the things I think for for me as a fan, it kind of explains why he fell in the hopes that Matt Seidel continues using the shooting star press. Um, besides Billy Kidman, I mean, really, Matt Seidel got the shooting star uh, press over after Billy Kidman essentially retired from professional wrestling so or stopped wrestling that in general. So I would like to continue seeing Matt Seidel use a shooting star press. So hopefully this explains it and he'll continue using his finish. Well, I, think, I think Mark Quinn gets it over well. You know, I didn't even think of that, and the only reason why, because every time I think of of Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, I think of Matt Fat Kim and the gin, gin and juice finisher. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, his 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 are explosive. I like it. Uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good scapegoat, I guess, from the fact that it happened on a pay per view. So, so we have. We stopped with 28 seconds to spare, so what we're going to do is we're going to carry that 28 seconds over mm. to our next segment. We have AEW Dark. Uh, two of the highlights on this show was the Dark Order. They had two separate matches. We saw uh, QT Marshall take on Cole Cabana, and Cole Cabana getting the win on against Q, um, QT Marshall. It was unexpected. Unexpected. I know that. <laughs> and there was another one where I believe it was the Gun Club, and I want to say Private Party. Uh, took on uh, Dark Order, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds, and the Dark Order gets the win over in this eight-man tag. Uh, what'd you think uh, first? What'd you think of Cole Cabana and QT Marshall? I think this is a really, oh uh, man, uh, can I just speak on all of it? <laughs> sure. Uh, this is a bad way of pushing the biggest group you have because they just lost, at all, they all lost it all out, and then they're all going to win on this, I don't want to, I'm going to have to say, it, a YouTube show. Sorry. I mean, it's just, I think it's a weird way to push this group right now because they really need this on TV. But overall, the wrestling's great. I mean, Dark's getting back to what it used to be. So, so I'm really, I'm really like, I just don't feel that Dark Order deserved to just beat people on Dynamite. I mean, Dark. I feel like this needed to be shifted over to Dynamite to further, you know, push that. You know, Brody's the TNT champion, so. Yeah, one of the things for me is, as we, we kind of talked about, AEW Dark has been kind of a series of squash matches going back because of the pandemic. They hired a lot of indie guys, and the indie guys in the Georgia, Florida area was helping 
uh, with these matches, essentially to fill, you know, to fill space and, you know, really give, I would say to help wrestlers, you know, get, stay in the ring. And when I saw, first of all, when I first saw QT Marshall versus Cole Cabana, I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of interesting. Um, they obviously they had an eight-man tag all out, but I was like, I honestly didn't know who was going to win in this as we saw Cole Cabana gets the victory over QT Marshall in, um, in a seven-minute match. And then the last match, it was a 10-minute match, Dark Order, as I mentioned, and it was Private Party and the Gun Club. And this was one that I actually did expect um, the Dark Order to get the victory. And the you know the reason is, as we've seen Private Party on TV, but really hadn't seen the Gun Club, um, Billy and Austin Gun. So that was surprising. Um, I think it was good for them to get a win. But as you said, it probably would be also good to get them on Dynamite, especially when these will cover is what's next for Dark Order, because um, they weren't even on Dynamite this week. Mm. Mm. I just it's a bad it's a bad way to do it. It is. I'm gonna have to say that because it's just it's it would be way better on dynamite. Have them lose on dark, you know? Have that have them push over these other people, but you need you need to push that on dynamite, you know. The biggest thing that's happened so far was that three minute squash match between Brody and Cody. And then I feel like they didn't capitalize on that that well. 100% agree. And speaking of which, um, one other match I wanted to go over was Brandy Rhodes took on Red Velvet, and it really wasn't that match in particular, but it was the fact that Anna Jay came out onto uh, out to watch Brandy Rhodes take on Red Velvet, and Brandy Rhodes basically squashed Red Velvet, and then ended up beating Red Velvet with a rear naked choke, which is the move Anna Jay has been using. Um, we saw her use that on Brandy Rhodes uh, to choke her out after uh, Brody Lee defeated Cody uh, Saturday night edition. And we never find out at this special edition, Tuesday night, late night dynamite, Brandy Rhodes will take on Anna Jay. What are your thoughts about this kind of altercation they had at D- Dark leading to their match at um, late night dynamite next Tuesday? Well, this, this is another case of what, what the fuck's going on because. <laughs> You know, you're not even capitalizing on the Brody and Cody thing. Yeah, I can't believe I referenced that same thing again. But I, you're not even capitalizing on that. But then you're going to have Cody's wife and a person from the Dark Order have a match on a Tuesday night, late night dynamite to culminate this feud that started because of Brody and Cody. Yet again, I used it again. So, <laughs> it's it's... It's a good way of putting your people out there. I'll give you that. But in another stance, I shouldn't be seeing Brandy squash anyone. <laughs> I feel like she's just as a rookie as anyone else. And that's not me just nitpicking. That's me watching the program each and every week. So, yeah, they won, They they almost won the, her and Allie and everything. But we're talking about singles competition. We're not talking about all that. Her tagging Allie and everything. So that's... So what I'm just really confused about is why are you go running with this one if you're not capitalizing on the main one? I agree with you. And with that, we we not only used up our five minutes, but we also used our 28 seconds that we banked. So now we're going to, again, time flies when we do this. As we move to 
AEW Dynamite that was, as we're recording today, is September 17th. Yesterday's Dynamite was on Wednesday, September 16th. Let me get my cap, my stopwatch, and we're on. Right off the bat, AEW Dynamite starts with Jurassic Express taking on FTR in a non-title matchup. Um, basically exactly what I expected. It was going to be a back and forth, and there was going to be some chicanery, as I like to call it. <laughs> FTR gets the win over Jurassic Express. Um, another quick thought, another match was Hangman versus Kaz. This was Hangman's first match um, after All Out takes on Kaz. It was another one where I thought this was going to be you know, a decent match between two vets. Hangman gets the win. Uh, Omega's on com- commentary. Uh, quickly, what are your thoughts on the FTR win over Jurassic Express as well as Hangman versus Kaz with Omega on commentary? Well, the Bucks overshadowed that tag team match. Uh, I mean, it was a good opening match. It just, it, you know, it's these two teams. I don't think they've ever even touched each other before, you know, before this match. So uh, for them being the first match, it was really great. I mean, it, it really felt like a solid, the, the, the solid openings of Dynamite that we usually get. But the Bucks doing that to Poro, Poro, uh, <laughs> I forgot his name, but yeah. That that's really what that was about that one is that, and uh, another thing. Hold on. Another thing is, one thing I did not like was that they put Tony on the camera. Kind kind of didn't like that because I don't think he reacted the way that he should have. I mean, and as for the Kaz yeah. and as for the Kaz match, man, that was. That was the best match on the card. Sorry. I mean, that was really, that was really what, it's it's what I thought they could do. 100% absolutely. I mean, Kazarian, he's been wrestling for over 20 years. I actually saw him in the independent scene right when he was around with TNA before he had had a brief stint in WWE. All of his work that he did in TNA, I was a huge fan of. Um, what he did with Ring of Honor was amazing, and I knew this match was going to be good. I knew it was also going to further the storyline between Omega and um, and Hangman, as we saw at the end of it. After Hangman gets the win, Omega gets up, leaves, and Hangman's kind of looking for him, decides that he wants a beer, and that's kind of was the ending of this Um we just we're gonna continue seeing this. We're not exactly sure where it's gonna go. We are um, now approximately, um, I want to say, seven weeks away from full gear. So who knows if we're gonna end up leading to an Omega versus Hangman match? Um, a lot of different things could happen between now and then. As we also on to the other match, um, quick thoughts: Jericho and Hager they defeat Private Party. This tag team of Jericho and Hager is not getting over very well with a lot of the critics and fans of AEW. Um, a lot of people just don't like Hager to begin with and some of the things that he stands for, but they just don't like the fact that we have 17 teams in this division and why is Jericho and Hager getting over on a young up-and-coming team like Private Party? I just I don't know, man. I don't... <clears throat> it's... <clears throat> man. It's just really weird. You just got done with a tag team that didn't really belong. So now you're just going to throw in another one. 
It just feels like they're just... I said it before on an AEH, where I think they're doing this thing where they're putting all this veteran talent and putting them in, in unusual spaces so that the younger ones can go over on them and they can build more credibility. But I think it'd be more better if, you know, you get, like, I don't know, a veteran tag team to put over actual tag teams instead of trying to use single stars to put over those tag teams. I mean, it's a nice gesture. It's It actually is a way to do it, but it's not a way to... What can I say here? Having FTR as your champions right now isn't a good way of doing it. How about that? It's very interesting to me because FTR, and I am, I'll say this that way, you know, full disclosure, I'm a huge FTR fan. FTR is my favorite tag team in all of all professional wrestling. But it's weird because you have essentially a heel tag team and you just created a heel tag team of Jericho and Hager. And mm-hmm. so far, um, the only thing that they've accomplished is, is I wouldn't say squashing private party, but definitely did not help private party. And I don't know what the end game is, but I definitely don't think it's a Jericho Hager versus FTR. So it's just, um, dude, why are you making a tag team when the group that they're already in has a tag team? Exactly. Uh, our last three things from Dynamite: MGF, MJF. He had a uh, he was supposed to have a match. He cut the commercial, come back, and he's making his opponent tap out. Then he goes into a very interesting promo where he's talking about maybe it's time for him to no longer be solo. Maybe he needs to join his own wolf pack. Maybe it's time for him to join a faction. And we start seeing, you know, this teasing, like, well, you know, MGF has kind of always been a, a loner with the exception of Wardlow. But MGF may soon be joining a faction or being a part of a group. What are your thoughts about MJF, you know, potentially joining some group? Oh, and who uh, who that may who might that be if he joins a group? Maybe maybe maybe, maybe he makes his own group. I think uh, I, I'm I'm shooting for the stars here. <clears throat> but MJF used to be in this group called uh, what was the name of that group in uh, the Dynasty? In the Dynasty in MLW. And I think a couple of those guys aren't really doing anything right now. Wink, wink. <laughs> I mean, there's the one I know I'm a huge fan of is um, Alexander Hammerstone. He's a monster. And the other gentleman, he always slips in my mind. Um, Holiday? Holiday? Yes. I want to say Richard Holiday. Yes. Very talented wrestlers. Very, you know, they're similar, but yet very different than MJF and, and how they take their approach of this more uh, upper elitist type gimmick. Um, if you haven't seen them, go check out what they did in MLW because they are phenomenal. But it's very interesting to see what they tease with this because some some people have already started saying, "What if he? What if they create a new horseman and he's one of the horsemen?" Man, man, man. Or I mean, if this is, if he were to join a group right now, a legit group right now, it probably. I'm not going to say inner circle because we are, they've already established that Jericho and MJF hate each other. <laughs> so, uh, I guess another Team Taz, I mean, I don't know, you know. They could go a bunch of ways with this. So, we have a little less than two and a half minutes left. Uh, two more uh, matches I wanted to go over. First one, Thunder Rosa defends her NWA uh, Women's World Championship against Ivelisse. 
this uh, is a very controversial match. As we've seen today, uh, Fightful broke that there was um, some issues that may have broke down the locker room. Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa may have had some issues with one another before the match, which led to some stiff live rounds, like mal actually malicious sh uh, shots that were being thrown this match. And during this, there were times in the match where Ivelisse looked like out of it, like she wasn't um, trying and in, in selling during the match. Yeah, uh, no Thunder Rose ends up getting the win after a tombstone. And then we see Diamante jump um, Thunder Rosa. Sheeta comes in, uh, helps out, takes out Thunder Rosa. Excuse me, takes out Diamante and he released. Picks up the NBA Women's Championship, gives it to Thunder Rosa. That's the end. What was your thought about this match as well as this kerfuffle between Ivelisse and Because well, uh, it sounds like there is some bad blood. Well, I think they're the most professional women in the business today because they finished the fucking match. So, <laughs> I mean, to me, that's like, wow. Oh, well, if they if it did happen, then they both must be the most professional people and know where they're at, you know. But I know exactly what you mean. Uh, there was the only one spot that I could really talk about is Thunder Rosa did a snapmare on Ivelisse and Ivelisse just stood there with her arms you know just like okay and then she puts her in a headlock and I was like that's kind of weird but now I know where that's coming stemming from so <clears throat> yeah that's that's pretty much my opinion they're both professionals very very big professionals I will say this it was very interesting because at the end of it um Thunder Rosa gets a tombstone. If you're having issues with somebody, a tombstone is a maneuver. I don't really think you, you, nobody wants to be a part of it if there's an issue. Between it was modified. She modified it because she put her hand on her shoulders just so she wouldn't, like, smash her head down. Uh, and quickly, last match. Uh, for me, this was match of the night. For me, this was one of my favorite uh, matches in Dynamite. Parking lot ball between Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends. It was hard hitting. It was hardcore. We saw people getting busted up. Uh, the finish ended up coming with uh, Trent Breda got a pinfall victory um, through a particle board that was in a truck. What was your thoughts on this match? Um, I think it could have done without the Orange Cassidy. I, I just, you know, I that's just that that's was just one my, bad spot for me. That just it's a rivalry. It's not an Orange Cassidy spot, you know. But overall, best parking lot brawl I've seen on on American television. Sorry, having a little. I'm gonna cut that one out. Best brawl I've seen in American television. <laughs> I 100% agree. I mean, when I look at this, and I'm trying to think of just uh, hardcore matches in general. I um I know Eddie Guerrero versus John Cena had a parking lot brawl that was a lot of people liked. To me, in my honest opinion, this was better. I don't know if it's because maybe it was a little more violent. I also think of Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels' uh, comeback fight, they had an Arsatia match, um, which was a very serious affair. I also think of uh, this was a, more of a comedic one. Uncensored, 1995, Tupelo, Mississippi, Nasty Boys versus Harlem Heat. It is 100% some of the hilarious shankings you would ever see. Um, but this was, for me, It's I really think this was by far my favorite Dynamite match ever. Like I really, really enjoyed this. The one negativity I will say was the Orange Cassidy. I feel like maybe they did that was to kind of help protect Bet, um, Santana Ortiz by saying, well, they lost, but, they, you know, there was an extra added interference, mm -hmm. so it wasn't okay. that bad. I'll go with that one. <laughs> um, and we went way over our time by almost uh, 100 seconds. So 
Well, it's it's the, it's the name of the game, man. <laughs> so the good thing is we are limiting our our you know watch sure again as we talk to everybody. This is kind of a countdown of the highlights of the week that we were wanting to hit, so people understand. You know, if you didn't see Dynamite, you didn't see AEW Dark, you didn't see uh, Elite Elite. These are the most important things you need to know about, as well as the matches you need to know about for next week. So, as we're almost with this, as we previously talked about, they're going to have a special late-night Dynamite. It's going to be next Tuesday, next Tuesday, September 22nd, after, after the last basketball conference finals game on TNT. And they've already announced that we saw Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter, who Ben Carter was on AEW Dark. It's a phenomenal talent. This could potentially be one of the biggest, most phenomenal matches AEW has. I mean, mm. when I say biggest, mm. I, mean, I mean the most, um, the best match they've ever had. Because these two guys, we know Scorpio Sky can do. Ben Carter is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Um, graduated from the Black and Brave Academy with um, Kurt. AW, excuse me, current WWE wrestler Seth Rollins. So um, I really have high expectations about this match. The Matt Seidel is also going to take on Sean Spears in Matt Seidel's first singles match for AEW, and then also Anna Jay versus Brandy. Then regular Dynamite, which will be for next week, September 23rd, uh, three matches. We are going to see the champions of. AEW Women's Champion Sheeta teaming up with NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa to take on the AEW Deadly Draw winners Diamante and Ivelisse. Well, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, um, well, given the new up-and-coming information, I'm hoping to see what happens. Because <laughs> they're obviously, you know, working together still, so, I mean, must not be that bad. Yes, and this is probably when you look at a potential women's tag match. This may be one of the best women's tag matches that AEW could put on. So, um, also, we're going to have in a six-man match. We're going to have the AEW champion uh, Moxley teaming up with Darby Allen, as well as newly signed to AEW Will Power Hobbs. Really excited about this side. Willie boy yeah, has one of the. I think, in my opinion, since Arn Anderson the best spine buster in all professional wrestling. The snap and the agility he has with that spine buster is amazing, followed by the running power slam. These three guys are going to take on the challenger to the AW championship, uh, the Murderhark Latch Archer, as well as Team Taz members, Absolute Ricky Starks, and the Machine Brian Cage. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Uh, yeah, this is probably going to be the best six man they put on yet because yeah <laughs> Lance Archer is my favorite talent right in there so this, this is gonna it's it's gonna be more brutal than the Darby and Mox versus Starks and Cage it's gonna be more crazier than that I I I have so much high expectations as well as for this match and I think the big reason is um I'm I love Every single guy in this. These are six. Yeah. When I look at six guys on the AEW roster, these are six guys that I really enjoy watching, and um, really hope they uh, every single man can bring in and be spotlighted. The mm -hmm. last match is in his first. Pretty sure uh, I maybe you know I stay corrected if I'm wrong. 
pretty sure this is the first TNT championship defense of the exalted one Brody Lee's reign. And he's going to take on the winner of Mimosa Mayhem, Orange Cassidy, who's riding a wave of momentum. Defeated Jericho twice. He won last week. Um, what are your thoughts on this match, Orange Cassidy, challenging for the TNT Championship against Mr. Brody Lee? Okay, this is his second defense. You already faced uh, Dustin Ford. That was his... Oh, I, I, how could I forget about that match? <laughs> yes. I it's love because, that match. It's because, because they, kind, they kind of ruined the match with the breaking news thing. That's why you forgot. <laughs> I was wrong. But yeah, um, I, I think... It's, this doesn't. It, I can't say it doesn't make sense because this title has no ranking. So I mean, okay, it does make sense, but it's kind of like Jericho was Jericho even running for this title? You know what I mean? I know they don't space it out like that, but I'm thinking of skill wise. We know Cassie's gonna fucking lose. <laughs> I mean, if he wins, then what the fuck? <laughs> So, it, so this is another one where I'm just like, what is going to happen? I think that's it for me as we conclude uh, AEW 30. Uh, at the end of this, with these two, I don't actually know what to expect because my money's like, well, of course Brody Lee's going to win. At the same time, they've done, they invested a lot of time into Orange Cassidy, making him a star with his matches with Jericho going back to uh, Fighter Fest. Through his segment with the debate, with his match at All Out, he got a win over at Helico. So they've been investing time into Orange Cassidy. And then for him to hit a brick wall that is Brody Lee, it's just like, well, why did you build him up, get him these wins over Jericho, just to see him get squashed back down into size? But at the same time, it's like, well, why would you, you know, why did you put the belt on Brody Lee? Why did you have him squash Cody Rhodes the way you did? If you were just going to turn around and drop it to Orange Cassidy, like, did you really have to? Did you really have to squash Cody? What's the direction? Like, we all assume that Cody's going to have to get some sort of revenge against Brody Lee, so it's definitely going to be interesting because I expect both. I could see both outcomes happening. I also see Cody Rhodes potentially interfering, and mm-hmm. I just don't know what's going to happen because if if Orange Cassidy beats Brody Lee, one has to wonder then, it's like, well, then are you going to start this new feud of Brody Lee, the Dark Order versus Orange Cassidy and Best Friends leading towards full gear? And are we, and what's going to happen with Cody if it, we see this new rivalry in this other direction? That's a lot, man. <laughs> That's a lot. So, well, that is our show. AE30, we covered a whole lot of information in this last week of eight of the world of all elite wrestling within 30 minutes. Uh, you have anything to add, MJ? Uh, start watching Dynamite again because it's it's getting to be, yeah, we're, we're getting our Dynamite back. <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave you with this. What is our what? How do we say this? Breathe, don't forget to breathe uh, in. Breathe in, or you're missing out. <laughs> Everyone, take care. Have a wonderful weekend. I am Jr.
Hey, we're out.